You're listening to the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show, Around Atlanta edition. Showcasing the best of Metro Atlanta, our communities, the attractions, and the special events that make Atlanta great. Welcome to our virtual town square. And now, here are today's hosts. Good morning and welcome back to the Around Atlanta edition. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Carol Morgan. This is going to be a fun conversation. We had the pleasure of uh, showcasing Hammond's house on our show, I guess, back this summer. Yeah, and they had that fantastic exhibit that um, yeah. yeah, that was just out of this world. Well, so. today we're going to be showcasing one of the uh, exhibitors. Absolutely. Uh, but there's a lot more to this fellow than just this exhibit at Hammond's house. So looking forward to the conversation. Let's get into it. We're joined this morning by Masood Olafani. He's an Atlanta-based multidisciplinary actor and artist. Masood, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, the pleasure is ours. I appreciate uh, you making time to join us. Gosh, uh, where to begin? Uh, I guess let's talk about some of your featured roles on both stage and television. You've contributed to a lot of the great public art in, in Atlanta. I've had ex- exhibitions in multiple galleries all over the place. Gosh, to get us started on the career. Well, I think the visual arts is something I've been engaged in since I was about four years old, so... I basically came out of the womb with a pencil in hand. Um, You know, and and so that's, in terms of my artistic uh, engagement, that has been the longest running uh, creative practice that I've had. Now, my father will tell you, if he was on this interview segment with me, that I've been acting a fool since I was about four years old. (laughs) I just recently figured out how to actually get paid for it. Um, So, you know, in in, in, uh, high school, I did some plays and uh, mostly just to have a good time and have fun. And when I got went to grad school initially at Virginia Commonwealth University in Richmond um, before transferring to Savannah College of Art and Design, I did some modeling to earn some extra money and stuff like that and actually did a play here in Atlanta called uh, The Meeting, which is about a fictitious meeting between Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King in a small hotel in Harlem. And uh, lo and behold, the play got good reviews. I surprisingly, to my surprise, went in to audition for the part of Martin Luther King. The director took one look at me and said, no, Malcolm. But <laughs> so I uh, played Malcolm X. And from there, I was able to get an agent and, um, and stumbled through some initial auditions before finally landing my first role, I think, which was for Devious Maids. And, uh, and then things kind of took off from there. So that's been where the career has gone and where it is uh, at the moment is, uh, you know, this kind of split between the visual and also uh, stage and television. So that's what I do. Yeah. Well, when you were telling the story about the meeting, I looked at you and I thought, he had the Malcolm X. Uh, that's what it. I was thinking, so too. So I was assuming that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, yeah. And you're perfectly positioned in Atlanta now with all the entertainment and everything yeah, being filmed so here. So that's awesome. Yeah. Well, tell us about a couple of your favorite television roles. Oh, gosh. Well, you know, I really enjoyed the first one, which was Devious Maze. Right. That I, sounds very fun. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also had a good time on The Quad, which is a now defunct show, but was on BET for two seasons. Uh-huh. I played the husband of uh, the lead actress, Anika Noni Rose. That was a lot of fun. A lot of great people on that show. I enjoyed uh, working on Greenleaf. That was mm-hmm. a quick job, but that was mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Everybody there was really wonderful and accessible. Um, you know, all of the roles, I will say... I think if I had to make a choice, stage is probably my first love. Oh. Um, Typically is with actors. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just that immediate response that you get from the audience. Um, and just when you can look in somebody's eyes and tell when you got them and that they will go on a journey with you. Right. And that's really that, gratifying. Mm-hmm. But I would say that my favorite role was probably the whipping man that I did at the uh, Warehouse Theater, which is up in, uh, I think it's South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. 
And uh, the Whipping Man was in a, a wonderful role. I really enjoyed playing that part. It was a three-person play, and the other actors were so skilled and so depth at their performances that they really supported me, and we were able to cre- create something really special. So I think that would probably be my favorite. Yeah. That's really neat. <laughs> lots, you got lots. Pretty solid yeah. portfolio, yeah, I tell absolutely. you that. So uh, well, speaking of adding to the portfolio, you got a new program coming out on PBS. That sounds intriguing. Tell us about that. Yeah. You know, I did a, I'm on a show called Retro Report as the co-host, along with a very talented journalist and uh, author who is known in Atlanta, Celeste Headley. And, uh, you know, the show, the premise of the show essentially is to take a look at news stories, historical news stories through um, a contemporary lens. Ooh. So, for Tree. example, one story that uh, I was uh, really happy to be associated with was the Colin Kaepernick story. And what we did was we tied that story of him kneeling to the protest by black athletes in the 1968 Olympic Games mm-hmm. to ah. show that Colin Kaepernick was not an anomaly. He comes right. out of a long tradition of protest through sports. So that's the premise of the show. I was able to get involved with that because initially I was involved in a program called Sherman on the March 37 Weeks, which was also produced by Georgia Public Broadcasting. Mm-hmm. And Taya Ryan, who's the president of Georgia Public mm-hmm. Broadcasting, recommended me for that part. And then when this opportunity came up, she said, you know, we want to get you in a studio and audition you for this new show. And I guess they liked what I did. And, um, you know, we just wrapped the first season and uh, we're waiting to hear about the second season. It was oh, a lot of fun. Exciting. So exciting. Yeah. We are. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we recently had Leatrice Elzey from yeah. Hammond's house in the studio, and she's fantastic. We understand she your is. next exhibit opens there in January. Yeah. Can you tell us about the theme and what people can expect? Sure. It's called Translocation and Transfiguration, which are two interesting terms. Translocation being the movement of a person or peoples from one place to another, which, of course, is tied, you know, can be tied to a number of different cultural groups, be they the Latino community, the Native American community, the African American community, indeed. And many people from the European American community who come from various parts of the world. And transfiguration being this kind of notion of, uh, of transcending or transforming based on your uh, interaction in this new place, and this new experience. So this exhibition is really, for me, about exploring those two themes visually um, through the cultural lens of the African American experience. And, you know, I'm such a storyteller naturally in my work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I grew up reading novels on the train, long train rides from Far Rockaway, Queens to Newark, New Jersey, where I was going to high school. So I developed a love for narrative and storytelling. So my work is really follows that kind of format and very historically based, deal with themes such as um, uh, social economic destabilization, issue of race, issue of sexism, you know, uh, globalism, so forth and so on. So those are some of the things that I'm, that I'm exploring. Oh, also uh, this whole idea of word puns and language, which I think is very important and how language is not a fixed construct, but it really takes on the shape and uh, the kind of form of the culture that's using it. And in the Black community, of course, we use language very creatively to have double meanings, to code intent and meaning um, from time to time. So, Boy, when yeah. you allow yourself to step back and look at what's happening around the world, and mm-hmm. and certainly in the U.S., uh, but just in in the context of culture and everything yeah. going on with media and, and how we are telling stories these yeah. days, and these themes are also critically important. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, and I think, um, you know, everybody has a story to tell. And I think the greatest gift that we can give to one another is to bear witness to each other's stories Mm -hmm. and to realize that ultimately any one story is part of the larger story of humanity. It's one collective human story. It may have a cultural perspective. It may have a gender-based perspective, but it is all part of that larger human narrative. So I own my story, but my story is also your story. You right. own your story, but your story is also my story. So I think... A lot of people don't understand that. Yeah. I think if they did, yeah. 
lot of that a lot of division exactly. that we have in our in our culture exactly. I think would melt away. Exactly. exactly. I mean, you know, exactly. it's interesting. I wish I could remember exactly what it was, but I read something on Facebook last night about how, you know, when you're comfortable in your own skin and you're yeah. happy and you're yeah. not negative, yeah. that you're so much more welcoming and mm. opening and, yeah. you know, accepting of everybody and their differences. Yeah. And that when you're just kind of stuck, you just... It's just yeah. a bad place to be. Yeah, but yeah, It's yeah. like, you know, um, it's kind of interesting. But. Yeah, yeah. Hi there, I'm Ty Pennington. I've been in construction for a long time, and I can promise you this. You can trust a Jackson EMC Right Choice home to be designed and built to the highest standards. The thorough inspection process has quality control built right in, which means savings and comfort for you. It's all part of Jackson EMC's promise. Energy efficient homes guaranteed. Ask your Jackson EMC representative for complete warranty terms and conditions. So lots of museums are now doing a much better job of representing diversity in their Absolutely. exhibitions and programming. You know, how important do you think that is? And, you know, what else could they be doing? I think it's wonderful. I'm old enough now, uh, having crossed the Rubicon of 50, to remember <laughs> when museums weren't doing such a good job, you know. And my first initial two years of college was in New York City. And I remember there was just a real dearth of representation of artists of color, women artists. And now, with the influx of museum personnel who are coming from a variety of different backgrounds and who are being engaged in the process of selecting work, mm -hmm. the museum, thankfully, is beginning to look like America, right. which is what it should. Yeah. Um, so I'm just uh, really encouraged by seeing the representation mm -hmm. of artists of color, of more women mm -hmm. artists, women artists of color. I think that we are enriched as a cultural community mm -hmm. as a result of that. Right. So I'm just excited. I'm excited to see where this is going and how the museum experience will transform mm -hmm. and change as even more of this becomes really fundamental right. to our um, practice of representing the cultural landscape of America. So, yeah. yeah. Well, Carol, as you know, I... Uh, I also turned 50 this year. What is it with everybody being like 50? Talk I'm about so it. glad I'm still 36. What yes. are <laughs> well, you? Look, you look great. And, but I'm going to steal saying crossing the Rubicon of 50. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Makes it sound actually cool. So I'm, I, I am stealing that. <laughs> well, I, I have a friend that says when you hit 52, you're actually mm. finally dealing with a full deck of cards. Interesting. <laughs> wow, that so keep mind. that one in mind. Right, You'll be able to work mind. that That's one good. in. Good. So good. I don't have a good one for 51. <laughs> going to have to steal that one as well. Well, back to these museums and the yeah. important role they play. I mean, I just came back from New York and, yeah. and uh, it's just so uplifting to spend time in, in their museums. And I live in Chicago and the museums yeah. there are amazing. We have to shout out here at Hammond's House yeah. uh, and the important role that it plays Absolutely. Uh, in that whole discussion. Uh, talk more about why uh, the important role that Hammond's House plays in this. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I went to undergraduate school at uh, Morehouse College. And yeah. for me as a student there, you know, Hammond's House was the most accessible art space to attend. So I could walk there if I wanted to. So I spent a lot of time walking the corridors of Hammond's House Museum and was well aware of its kind of, you know, foothold in the cultural landscape of Atlanta. They're so important because on the one hand, you know, their mission is really to showcase artists of the African diaspora. And I'm always happy to see institutions that are bringing to light creatives from a variety of different backgrounds who normally wouldn't get the representation or the visibility 
So they have been, that has been their ongoing mission. And the founding director was a man named Ed Spriggs, who has a long history in the arts, you know, came from Studio Museum in Harlem. And I remember meeting uh, Mr. Spriggs as, a, as an undergraduate student and looking up to him and admiring the work that he mm-hmm. did. So to have an exhibition at Hammond's house to me is a real honor. And I just, uh, I am going to work diligently to come up with something that I hope that they are proud of and that the city can, uh, you know, engage with and, um, and get some lasting impressions from. So, yeah. It's a it's a wonderful space and a wonderful honor to be showcased mm-hmm. there, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. Well, and it's a little bit of a different space. It's mm-hmm. a Victorian house. It is. You know, yeah. unlike the you know more contemporary or more modern museums, yeah. did you have to take that into consideration when developing your art? Yeah. You know, I don't specifically work for shows unless I'm commissioned to do a particular work for a show. Right. Um, I enjoy making stuff. Art is a very simple process for me. If I didn't enjoy it, I wouldn't be doing it. So I'm constantly in the process of making. Fortunately for me. The thematic elements of my work and also the way the work is put together works very well for the space. Again, my work deals, you know, in in some fundamental sense about history. And the fact that that house is a historical structure, a historical building, works very well with the thematic elements of of what I do. So it was a nice meeting of, of, you know, a coincidental meeting of both the method and the way that I work and then also the history of the space. So, yeah. All right. Well, God, what a great conversation, Masood. I am so looking forward to uh, seeing how you will continue to contribute to this wider conversation and all these important issues and themes that we've talked about today. And frankly, the exhibit at Hemm's House sounds pretty intriguing. <laughs> looking you. forward to that, too. So before we let you go, should anyone need to connect with you, learn more about what you're doing and all of your art, where do they go? And then where can they get information about your upcoming exhibition at Hammond's House? Well, you can go to um, Hammond's House website online, which is hammondshouse.org. And then also you can, if you're more interested in what I'm doing personally, you can go to masudolafani.com and my uh, visual arts website will pop up. And then I also have a um, profile on um, public broadcasting as well, which is accessible for everybody also. So those three are probably the easiest way to keep up with uh, what I'm engaged in and what I'm doing. Yeah. Masood Olafani, an Atlanta-based multidisciplinary actor and artist. Masood, it was great to have you. Thank you for uh, all the art that you're creating to better all of our lives, and good luck with this upcoming exhibition. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. That wraps this week's Around Atlanta edition. On behalf of my co-host, Carol Morgan, I am Todd Schneck. It's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and we'll look forward to seeing you again right here next week. We'll see you then. Today's episode was made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite real estate blog, and source for real estate news, trends, new home communities, model homes, builders, and more. Denim Marketing is a comfortable fit, like your favorite pair of jeans. Denim Marketing tailors marketing strategies to meet your specific needs and niche. Try them on for size. They will work to create a perfect fit for your company's marketing program. Call them at 770-383-3360 or send an email to info at denimmarketing.com. For more information on Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio or to inquire about being a guest, contact info at atlantarealestateforum.com. Check out the radio show by visiting atlantarealestateforum.com or by listening to the show on your podcast or iTunes app. And if you enjoyed today's broadcast, we'd sure appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. Thank you again for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Atlanta Real Estate Forum radio show.